Hey, creepy crawlers. I'm Katie. I'm Nate. And this is Case of the Creeps. itself it did not <laughs> sing it cheery now this is halloween, <laughs> halloween. halloween, halloween. <laughs> uh, nope i i knew you didn't have one but damn you scared me <laughs> well hello <laughs> And welcome, creepy crawlers, to the creepiest of podcasts, Case of the Creeps. I'm Katie. And I am the incarnation of Satan! (laughs) (laughs) I am the (laughs) other Hope everyone had a good week. It's weird, we're recording at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. Mm. Like, the the sun is out and shining and stuff. It's the day of the Lord. It's weird. And he doth not want us to do this. <laughs> we're usually recording at night and, like, at, at our favorite time, but now we're, like... We're getting it in before football. Yeah. But, so let's get our business out, and then we'll jump into our topic for the day. If you guys have caught up, because I'm planning on dumping all of the stuff on you guys as soon as possible. We just had part two of Richard Ramirez to finalize all of that. And then we also just did our chili crawlers on Lori Vallow, which we hope that you guys liked. We, again, do want to hear from you on your thoughts of it and the review. Uh, We also just announced our giveaway winner, so congrats to them. We definitely should do another giveaway because the fan art alone was so cool. Pretty upset I didn't get no Bigfoot erotica. But that's okay because we're going to do another one. You guys have failed (laughs) me. I have failed you, Anakin. (laughs) Also, reminder, we have our live event coming up on October 22nd at 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. It is officially going to be on Rod Farrell, the vampire cult leader and killer. And you guys can find that event on Facebook, on our Facebook page, which is Case of the Creeps Podcast. Also, we have some Patreon news. Everybody got their stuff. And we have a new member. So we would like to welcome Gary, the newest Kemper member, to the clan. G-Unit! So when I was thinking we could call our Patreons the Patrons, because they are the tequila to us. <laughs> if you guys feel so inclined as to join the creepy, creepy clan, uh, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash case of the creeps. Also, if you are interested in becoming a VIP crawler, you can join our private Facebook group, which is COTC group. It has the black uh cotc group logo that i've made uh find the password agree to the rules and you can join the creepy side we do have some cool stuff coming for you guys so uh be on the lookout for that and we are finally back to our regular regularly scheduled creeps after our part two of richard ramirez being interrupted by the hurricane uh we hope that you guys did enjoy that episode it was one of our longest episodes 
It's it's a long it was one, quite long. but it's well, there was detailed. a lot of history, on and it. I'm proud of us because like we did the work on that one. So I hope you guys really enjoyed that and the Chili Crawlers episode. So covering and that was covering the terrible acts that Lori Vallow did to her two youngest kids, all in the name of religion. It wasn't even. It was a review of the show. Yeah. Of the. And we decided that we're going to add mini her. Mini docuseries. Yes. And we decided that we were going to add her to our list of cases to cover. So you guys will have a full episode on that whole entire thing. Because there's a lot in that one too. Not not only that, but it's an ongoing trial right yeah. now still. So, And we're actually going to be getting some updates on that here very soon. Good. So that'll be Fucking really good. Bitch. I hope she dies. So it's safe to say <laughs> that we've had a... Well, she's up for the death penalty. Yeah, her and Chad Daybell. It's too good for her. No, like she needs to have some shit happen to her like she, Richard Ramirez where it's she, like, oh, you've got the death penalty. Penalty, but you're not even going to make it till then. She needs to be... Never mind. <laughs> we all know how you feel. I'm not going to condone anything. <laughs> so it's safe to say that we've had a lot of intense shit here recently. And we are in spooky season. So we figured we'd do a bit of a lighter episode centered around our upcoming upcoming spooky holiday. Upcoming? Upcoming. I don't know what happened. Uh, and we are going to actually cover the history of Halloween and some of the spooky things that have happened throughout the years on our favorite day. And we have a little special surprise for the end as well. So, are you ready to pop, pop this case? Yep. You've got... How many drinks you got over there? Two beers and a monster. Oh, my God. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> I'm releasing my inner demon. Yes, you were. Ooh, that was a good monster to start the day. I've got monster <clears throat> peach tea. Recover. It is cover from delicious. the shambles that is my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I just have a monster energy. <laughs> it doesn't <coughs> fuck all. <laughs> it's good. So there is a lot of different origins of Halloween. So and it's really freaking cool to see all the different cultures and how they celebrated this day. So we're just going to cover a couple of them so we aren't going like super, super long. And like I said, some of the interesting events that I found that happened too. And then we have our little surprise for you guys. They all, most holidays are pagan mm -hmm. holidays and they all have roots in paganism as much as nobody wants to believe it, but they, they do. They do. They do. And they all, we, we made them really white. We did. When, we really did. We, we sugared it up. When Christianity came in, we're like, how... How white can we make this? Exactly. How uncultured can we make this? <laughs> well, and it was first actually the, so the word Halloween is surprisingly of Christian origin <sighs> and it means Saint's Evening and is attested to the Old English language. Aha. Uh -huh. It well. is a contraction of the, of the phrase All Hallows Evening or Eve and it has the uncommon depictions of All Halloween, All Hallows Eve and All Saints Eve. There was an underlying root through Christian belief that All Hallows' Eve was being the evening before the Christian holy days of All Saints' Day on November 1st and All Souls' Day on November 2nd, with feasts surrounding the three days, and they had visuals that began on the first night, which was October 31st. And that is the, that's the, the Christian mm -hmm. one in, it, uh, it comes down to a Celtic festival pronounced Samhain. And the Celts, it was like 2,000 years ago, and mostly in the area that was Ireland and the United Kingdom and like northern France, they celebrated the new year on November 1st, and that day was supposed to mark the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter. Dark like a, half of the year. Yeah, yep. it was a time of year where it was like 
a lot of deaths. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and, like, the Celts believe that on that night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred on the night of October 31st. So the 31st of the 1st, they celebrated Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead came back to Earth. And what they would do is they would actually go to ancient burial mounds and they would open them because they were seen as portals to the other world. <laughs> They're like, you know what would make this night even better? If we unburied our dead. That's exactly And helped unleash it. the portals to hell so ghosts may walk upon us and scare our children to go into bed early so me and Ma and Pa could have some alone time and I could get a little bit of diddling. <laughs> Parenting. <laughs> anything we could do. Anything. We do anything we can. Hey, the boogie monster's going to eat your toes. You, <laughs> you better know, go to bed. You come off that bed, he's going to kill you. <laughs> we don't give a fuck about nah. kids. <laughs> Not during this time. Some of the literature also associates the Samhain, or is it, what is it, Samhain? Samhain. Samhain. With bonfires and sacrifices. And it's got what, a weird spelling because it it's, is, it's, it's Irish. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N. We're going to celebrate the Samhain. Oh. Oh, I told you there was going to be an Irish coming out in ya. Coming out in ya. <laughs> I'm going to do a very thick Irish accent. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Scottish accent. It's a little angrier. <laughs> That was fucking great. <laughs> it's a little bit lighter. A little bit softer. And we like uh, minced meats. <laughs> minced meats. Now, and during this uh, festival. Kind of British. A little bit. <laughs> I get them confused. <laughs> you know, so, sidetrack and pause. When I was a kid, my mom had a step, uh, had married this guy who was my stepdad at the time. His name was Andy, and he came from England. And I did a science fair project on all the different types of, like, accents. <laughs> And what I would do is I would test my friends and see if they could understand what they were saying. And it ended up getting first place in the science like, fetter. Why fetter. are English people's teeth so bad? <laughs> <laughs> they um, don't brush and they eat cold beans for breakfast. That's it. Enough said. <laughs> you win. How many meals do they actually have over there? Fuck, I don't know. All of them are over. All I think of um, all over 1776, baby. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, now, the Samhain, they would celebrate... Samhain? Samhain. Samhain. They would celebrate it's with like bonfires. like S-O-W-I-N. Okay. But it's not, it's not, that's not how it's spelled. No. Um, it's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but yeah. it's pronounced S-O-W-I-N. Samhain. Weird. Okay. Put that sow in the barn. The barn. Now, they what they would do is they would bring the livestock down from the summer pasture, and it was time for slaughter in a ritualistic way to protect them and cleanse them of not-so-nice spirits crossing over the, the threshold. Yeah, they thought that it was like, eh, <laughs> that in addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, they the Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the druids or Celtic priests to make mm -hmm. predictions about the future as well. Yes. Has nothing to do with the slaughtering of the animals, but that's it was just a little lore behind it. Yes. Now there was also in the Mexican culture the Dia de los Muertos. Des Muertos. It, <laughs> that is translated to Day of uh, to Day of the Dead. And if you've watched Coco on Disney, then you already pretty much know what goes down. It's a day celebrated on November 1st and 2nd, where the veil between the dead and the living is at its thinnest point, giving way for spirits to cross the veil into the living, into the world of the living. Here's the difference between the Christian and Gaelic festivals and the Mexican. Is that we slaughtered, the good Gaelic people slaughtered animals. They did. They kept the heads. 
They, and they did it for protection. And the Christians slaughtered people. The, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. While the Christian and Gaelic beliefs had their feasts and sacrifices for protection from crossing spirits, the Mexican culture celebrates and welcomes the spirits of their lost loved ones. What they would do is lay out food and tokens for them to bring back with them on their ofrendas or altars and cur- and encourage the visits. We didn't want none of that dead shit. We were like, no. no. We were like, get away from us. Back beast. Back demon. We don't You're scaring the you. children. <laughs> for the Mexican origin, it tracks back all the way to the Aztec time when they saw death as an integral and ever-present part of life. Now, so, and that's just like a little bit on the cultures. Circling back on the Celts and their culture then. Yeah, they, for, they were people entirely dependent on the volatile nature of the world. So those prophecies, uh, they were an important source of comfort during the like the fucking harsh dark winter over mm-hmm. now that's not always cold and disgusting over there but <laughs> but they would to commemorate the event the druids like built huge uh sacred bonfires where the people gathered and to burn crops and animals as sacrifices such like just like the mexicans or the were they Mexicans? Yeah. The Spaniards? Yes. The Spanish. I'll say Spanish so I'm Spanish. not. So I just generalize it so I'm yes. not bastardizing And I'm anybody. sorry for doing that as well. <laughs> but uh, they'd build bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to like the Celtic gods. And during the celebration, they kept, <clears throat> the Celts wore costumes uh, typically consistent of animal heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. And when the celebration was over, they relit their their heath fires which was the fires in their house mm-hmm. their heath fires which they had extinguished earlier that evening for the sacred bonfires to help protect them during the winter okay so nice okay so we have those for your, your little bit of cultures now we have our traditions as well for halloween we're all very very familiar with them like costumes trick-or-treating decorating carving pumpkins but they all have an origin too. So, and like Papa Bear just said, for costumes, dressing up in costumes and going out what was called guising was prevalent in Scotland. So, Scottish man, I need a guising. Oh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put on like we're gonna put on some costumes so that we scare away the other spirits and they think we're spirits and they won't kill us too. So maybe we can have some spirit sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but. I wish it was, because there's nothing like clapping some demon cheeks. <laughs> demon cheeks. Gotta clap them demon cheeks. Well, I get them demon cheekies, and I clap them so good, and perhaps one will sit on my face and smother me to death, so I may be with me ancestors. I don't know if that's how it really worked. <laughs> that's how I like to think. That's, that's, how, that's my perfect world. Yes, it is. <laughs> Getting smothered by ghost booty. Ghost cheeks, hell yeah. I That's the title. You, smothered by ghost cheeks. I'll let you know when I need air. <laughs> you don't come up when you think it's time. Oh my god. I will come up <laughs> Back down for more. <sighs> okay. So as Scotty over here just depicted, Guising was prevalent in Scotland and Ireland at Halloween by the late 19th century. A Scottish term, the tradition is called guising, which because of the disguises or costumes worn by the children in Ireland, the masks are known as false faces. 
they would wear costumes. Too creepy. It is like, like those. Oh, com- they put on my false face. Okay, the co- the costumes that I saw like from like the 30s and 40s. Oh, you gotta post them. In the 20s were fucking absolutely terrifying. For the, to like anything scarier than we have today. I don't care what anybody says. You put on all the latex and like form fitting costumes you want. Nothing is scarier than a kid wearing a bunny outfit in fucking 1920. <laughs> 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 it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I, I won't even tell you. You can't fight that. You're like, oh shit, that is a demon. That, that <laughs> is a demon. Real demon. <laughs> He's coming to steal my soul and perhaps my butt cheeks. <laughs> They would wear the costumes to ward off any unwanted spirits, which would be probably why they didn't look very friendly. (laughs) And costuming became popular for Halloween parties in the U.S. in the early 20th century, uh, as often for adults as for children. And when trick-or-treating was becoming popular in Canada and the U.S. in the 1920s and 1930s. Spanish tradition doesn't necessarily celebrate with costumes, but they do have masks of sugar skulls that celebrate the dead, too. So carving pumpkins... I don't know if you found anything on carving pumpkins. I did. I just kind of looked at the history. Get this with carving pumpkins. The tradition of carving jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland using turnips instead of pumpkins. Okay, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to take these tiny little turnips <laughs> and we're going to carve little faces into them. And I don't know how scary it's going to be. <laughs> and it was allegedly based on a legend about a man named Stingy Jack who repeatedly trapped the devil and only let him go on the condition that Jack would never go to hell. But when Jack died, that guy's an all-powerful man. He's absolutely, like, I keep trapping Satan inside this little and this little tiny turnip, and it scares the <laughs> fuck out of him. So, but here's the thing: you, you want to know the devil hates turnips. <laughs> well, there was a plot twist because when Jack died, he learned that heaven didn't want his soul either. God so, damn it! I'm in limbo for all of eternity. So he was forced to wander the earth as a ghost for eternity. And the devil gave Jack a burning lump of coal in a carved out turnip to light his way. How big was that turnip? I know. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, turnips get pretty big. I but mean, they can. They're in Ireland too. They're nowhere near as big as... Why don't they use a potato? Could you imagine trying to carve out a potato you with that skin? imagine trying to skin? carve out a fucking turnip? <laughs> I kind of want to test it now. Can we get some turnips yeah. and try? Yeah. That would be fun. They're decent size. They're about the size of a, you know, they get pretty big size of one. I want to try and carve like a turnip onion. now. We should do that. Can we do that? Yeah, I want to do it. So the devil gave Jack a burning lump of coal and a carved out turnip to light his way. Locals eventually began carving scary faces into their own turnips to frighten away evil spirits. But. You know what spirits really hate? They really hate. They hate turnips. <laughs> they hate scary faces on turnips. Well, here come the immigrants to North America, and they used the native pumpkin. This is way easier than doing it with the turnip. It was much softer and much larger, <laughs> making it easier to carve than a turnip. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I've been grinning this whole time. <laughs> I had to wait for the opportune moment. And soft. There it is. <laughs> Soft and big. There, yep. The American like John tradition. Holmes. Oh! <laughs> Give me the Peter North milkshake, baby. Peter North milkshake. Oh my God, my cheeks are flushed. <laughs> the American tradition of carving pumpkins is recorded in 1837 and was originally associated with harvest time in general, but not becoming specifically associated with Halloween until the mid to late 19th century. Now for trick or treating. Oh wait, no. Do you want to do All Saints Day for the Romans? Okay, so on it was on May 13th, it's 6, 609 AD, uh, Pope Benefice, oh, Boniface, 
Boniface. Boniface. What a that's a badass name. Pope Boniface the Fourth. Oh, does <laughs> thou know who thy fucks with? <laughs> it's it's a good thing I can read Roman numerals. <laughs> oh yeah, so nope. I, I would have had to sit there for a second. So Pope Boniface the Fourth dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs, and the Catholic feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory the Third later expanded the the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. So oh. he saw that it was okay, well we're going to fucking that's where the November 1st came from. Okay. So by the 9th century, uh the influence of Christianity had spread into the Celtic lands where it gradually blended with the uh supplanted older Celtic rites and in 1000 AD the church made November 2nd All Souls Day. A day to honor the dead, so kind of following with the Spanish. Okay. Uh, it widely it was widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic festival of the festival of the dead with a related church sanctioned holiday because they wanted nothing to do with those filthy fucking pagans. Nope. They're like, no, they fucking sucking Satan's butthole. They were doing the kiss <laughs> of the fucking Satan's butt, <laughs> the fucking devil's handshake. <laughs> <laughs> so All Souls Day was celebrated similarly. Similarly. Nailed that. Mm. Samhain, uh, with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils. Oh, okay. So the All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallowmas. Okay. From Middle English, All, <laughs> all Hallow Messy, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before, the night before it, the tradition night of Samhain in the Celtic religion began to be called All Hallows Eve. And eventually Halloween. Mm. So wow! I wish people could see the light bulb going off right now for me. This is so cool. This is why I like doing these type of episodes. Is like hearing the origin of this type yes. of stuff, and it's our favorite freaking day. Like yes. that's so cool. So that's more of a little bit of the culture of those. Now I found uh, trick or treating, oh and for trick or treating, I found three different theories of where trick or treating originated from. So the first theory suggests that during Samhain, Celtic people would leave food outside to appease the spirits traveling the earth at night. Over time, people began to dress as they as these unearthly beings in exchange for similar offerings of food and drink. The second theory speculates that the candy stems from the Scottish practice of guising, which is the which is the secular version of souling. <laughs> I see that it's like they were like, like, how are we going to rob these people of their goods? <laughs> it was like, we'll put them on costumes and we'll ask them for it. <laughs> so what they did was during the Middle Ages, generally children and poor adults would yep. collect food and money from local homes in return for prayers for the dead on All Souls Day. Geysers dropped the prayers in favor of non-religious practices with the inclusion of songs, jokes, and other tricks. Trick or cheat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. I'll burn down your whole fucking country! It's so funny that you went German because my next theory is German. I'll burn down your whole country. Now stand in line. You're gonna and love do this. do not question the fear. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. No. <laughs> that was, I just wanted Listen, to do that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the third series. Get this. I was typing this and I snickered to myself as I was typing it because I'm like, he's gonna fucking love this. So the third theory argues that American trick-or- that modern American trick-or-treating stems from bell snickling. Come again? <laughs> <laughs> bell 
snickling. Does you guys want to go out and do us a little bit of your best snickling? Yeah. <laughs> best snickle for snickers. <laughs> want to want to drink some hot beer and go out and do the best snickling? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a fucking wonderful time. It was a German American. I love being able to do accents. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. Uh, now, <laughs> oh shisha. <laughs> Bell snickling is a German-American Christmas tradition where children would dress in costume and then call on their neighbors to see if the adults could guess the identities of the disguised. In one version of the practice... I know that's you, Chris. (laughs) In one version of the practice, the children were rewarded with food or other treats if no one could identify them. So it was trick or treat you know what the trick is we beat you <laughs> we beat you <laughs> we fucking beat your ass there is also the... i'm gonna spin this scooter really fast and catch you in the angle oh <laughs> yeah. bring it back the angle knockers yep, goddamn right <laughs> razor scooter baby uh there's also the very familiar superstition of black cats the idea of being i know i had a little black kitty and his name was king and he was the sweetest thing and everyone who came over was like oh you got a black cat you must be a witch and i want to look back in time and go yes you're right you are correct. I am indeed. She has done the kiss of the devil's bottle. I, I did the devil's handshake. It's okay. I'm okay with it, guys. Where's Kamikat? She's not in here today. Poor, I don't know where she is. Poor violated Kamikat. She's <laughs> had her butthole kissed. So the idea of being spooked by black cats dates back to the Middle Ages when these dark felines were considered a symbol of the devil. It didn't help that centuries later... Ac- Witch! Accused <laughs> witches were often found to have cats, particularly black ones. People began to believe that cats were a witch's familiar, which was the supernatural entities that would assist in their practice of dark magic, and black cats and spookiness have been linked ever since. I also found history on apple bobbing. I saw a little bit. I didn't read into it too much. Oh my god. Okay, so apple bobbing. The game of bobbing for apples has been a staple at Halloween parties. I bet my wife Margaret can put more apples in her mouth than your wife Mary can. (laughs) (laughs) You said that just like that 1970s like fucking Steve that goes out and works for accounting all day and comes home to his wife and kids. Oh yeah, Eugene. I bet she can't. <laughs> you know what you can do is gargle the neighbor's balls. <laughs> we weren't gonna... God damn it! We, I told you not to talk about my wife's infidelities like that. Smacks her. Pow! <laughs> when I get home, I'm gonna give her such a beating. <laughs> so funny you go on this roll. Listen to this. Listen to this. So the game of bobbing for apples, which first off, actually, time out. Have you ever bobbed for apples in your life? Yes. You have. I have not. Yeah, I'm a winner. Shut your... what winners do. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't first or last, baby. They're right. Second place is just a first place loser. Aww. Okay. <laughs> There's no reason to show off your silver, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what about bronze? No, that's even worse. <laughs> even worse. Honorable mention? No, just as I try. What about a participation Yeah, I can trophy? try too. Yeah. Ooh, don't get me started on that shit. <laughs> do not get me started. You don't... I would not... Ex- if... Bitch, I'm not accepting that. You throw it away with the rest of the fucking trash. <laughs> fucking accepting a participation trophy. What are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Give me that. It means I'm a fucking loser. Like, look what I did. I participated. It's like, yeah, you fucking suck. <laughs> That's what it means. You suck. You weren't good enough. So apple bobbing. <laughs> it's been a staple at Halloween parties for many years, but it origins. Its origins are more rooted in love and romance. 
The game traces back to a courting ritual. I'm done. That was part of a <laughs> Roman festival honoring Pomona, the goddess of agriculture and abundance. She was hot. While multiple versions existed, the gist was that the young men and women would be able to predict their future relationships based on the game. The women were like, all right, we're going to see how many apples this guy can put in his mouth. Because if he can put that apple all the way in his mouth, <laughs> he can buy my apples he all can, day. He can put my whole box in there. <laughs> when the I was I wasn't going to say it. Take thy box. <laughs> put thine box in thy mouth. <laughs> wiggle thy tongue. Uh, and wiggle thy tongue. That's what I'm talking about. Sit on my face till I die. Oh my god. <laughs> What do you think a ghost <laughs> orgasm sounds like? <laughs> oh, my work here is done. I saw a meme the other day. I wish there was more ghosts named like Chris or Steve. Steve. But no, we always got like... There's a girl on TikTok. Elizabeth. There's a girl on TikTok who has a ghost in her house named Chad. They're the bestest friends. It's so funny. But anyways, I saw a meme the other day. Does she also read tarot cards? Nah, she drinks a lot of alcohol. Ah. She lets Chad choose her alcohol. <laughs> but I saw a meme the other day that said, did you ever wonder where dust comes from? Do you ever think that maybe it's a uh, ghost come? <laughs> I can... Tell me I'm wrong! <laughs> I don't... Are you done? You're a, <laughs> I broke you. You're a wild card. <laughs> I never know what to expect. I, th I thought I was unpredictable. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, fam. <laughs> you, got fucking, you fucking win that. You got first place. <laughs> so Apple Bobby. <laughs> Ghost car. <laughs> it's dusty like them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay so when the romans conquered the british isles in 43 a.d the pomona festival blended with the similarly timed Samhain, a precursor to halloween then i also found stuff on candy corn too oh god okay okay so a candy maker in the one daryl candy company in philadelphia is sometimes credited with inventing the tricolored candy in the 1880s but candy corn did not become a widespread sensation until, until Golitz Company uh, bought the candy to the brought the candy to the masses in 1898. Candy corn was originally called chicken feed, and it sold in boxes with the slogan "Something worth crowing for." <laughs> Initially, it was ah, ah! <laughs> give me that. I want that slightly sweet waxy <laughs> film on my teeth. That's what uh, I like about Halloween. The only candy for me is good old candy corn. I don't like candy corn. Good old candy corn. Good old candy corn. I want no surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I want waxy film on my teeth, and Disgusting. I want my stomach to hurt at I the end of the night. I hate candy corn. I absolutely hate it candy It just corn. gives me another reason to hit my wife. <laughs> uh Candy corn and those little pumpkins, I don't, nope, I don't like them we, at all. We're done here. What? We're done. Why? Nope. You like those? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. That explains a lot. Yeah, I'm not a communist. I'm not a communist. I just own a communist cat. So you just uh, ate in a bed then. Mm. <laughs> 
candy corn. <laughs> Initially, it was just an autumnal candy because of corn's association with harvest time. Uh, it le- later became Halloween specific when trick or treating. It's corn. Grew in popularity in the U.S. during the 1950s. So. There's a few of the origins of the traditions we celebrated today. We could do a lot more on it. There's so much info on there that's on the holiday and traditions surrounding it. We could probably do like a whole five-part series on it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But let's get into some of the odd and interesting things that have happened throughout the time. Soul cakes! Oh, do you have soul cakes? A little bit, yeah. Okay. So, uh... The, the American Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating, it obviously dates back to All Souls Day. During poor cit- or festivities for poor citizens, they would beg for food and families would give them pastries called soul cakes in return for their, their promise to pray for the family's dead relatives. So it's like, we'll feed you, but you have to make sure that Nana makes it to heaven. <laughs> it's like, Nana was kind of a bitch. You're like, do you want the fucking soul cake or not, motherfucker? <laughs> Okay, okay, God, right, you're lucky I'm starving. All right, geez. So, the distribution of soul cakes was, it was encouraged by the church as a way to replace uh, the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. I'd rather have the wine. Honestly. I would have the wine. Roaming spirits. Uh, the practice, which was referred to as going a-souling. We're going to go a-souling today! Oh, my God. Was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in their neighborhood and be given <coughs> beer... <laughs> Well done. <laughs> they were giving kids beer, given ale, food, and money, and uh, little Timmy, five yeah, little Timmy's out there chugging her. Yep. What is it? What is the a Stein? A Stein. Thank you. God. I know my alcoholism. All I had to do was do this. And I you know. know my alcoholic roots. <laughs> I may not be able to run track, but I'll get kidney failure. <laughs> we're halfway there. <laughs> So that's, it, it's the same thing as, uh, we went on it before, but that was, I just liked uh, the the term for it. Yeah, soul cakes. That's funny. I saw that when I was doing research and I- Going to right soulin'. Going to soulin'. <laughs> so I'm going to tell the kids, like, we no longer going to call it trick-or-treating. We're going to soulin'. We're going to soulin'. <laughs> They're like, shut up, What's dad. What's a soulin', papa? You're, you're drunk again, dad. So. So? What's the point? It's Halloween. I hate it here. <laughs> so. Let's get into some of the odd and interesting things that have happened throughout time on our spooky day. First one I found was Harry Houdini died of a bursted appendix on Halloween in 1926. Jesus Christ. After teaching a series of tricks to students where he claimed that his stomach muscles were so tight he could be punched multiple times without injury. He punched him right in the appendix. After after saying that, a student nailed him right in the appendix twice without warning. <laughs> He's like, that was a good one, Tim. That was really good. That was really good, Tim. He didn't immediately collapse, but after the students had left, he collapsed complaining of a stomach ache. Turns out his appendix had ruptured and was poisoning his insides. Now, way to go. That's pretty metal. I know, right? On the night before Halloween... And I- for my next trick, I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I will cease to exist. I think I'm going to disappear for a while. So this next one, I remember my mom telling me about this one when I was a kid. The night before Halloween in 1938, listeners to CBS radio had their programming interrupted with an odd message. Martians have invaded New Jersey. Yes! It was a radio play from uh, War of the Worlds led by actor, writer, and director Orson Welles and a group of radio actors. However, 
few actually knew it was a play. It was fucking so cool. This story's so badass. We need. I want to cover a little bit more this of it. Story, because uh, they have another thing. Not. I don't know if it was on Halloween, but the battle for Los Angeles. Mm. It was fucking... It was not similar, but they... The army, they supposedly saw something in the sky, and they fired off more rounds of ammunition at these objects off the coast in L.A. What? Yeah. They fired off more rounds of ammunition and, like, turret fire, all kinds of shit at this object that they thought was there. And it was more... I'm pretty sure it was more rounds of ammunition than they shot in... I forgot where the fuck it was. I don't want... I don't want to say World War II, because obviously it was a fucking, like, five-year war, but... Right. It was, like... <laughs> it was an incredible amount. Wow. I don't know the numbers exactly, but that's what the Battle of Los Angeles is. And it kind of reminds me of, of, of that. This. So, so... Not to get off too much topic, No, you're good. Was, so, everyone in New Jersey that was listening to this, few actually uh, knew... It, sir. Yeah. It was, result, it was a play resulting in plenty of people... A, Spiraling out uh, into panic over <laughs> an alien invasion. Could you imagine? Because there was no TV, just like everything on the radio. That was law. That was like, it. The shit you heard from law, like, and there was there was no was like. Now for our next regularly scheduled program, we have a sci-fi <laughs> story called War of the Worlds. None. They didn't have that. <laughs> and according to radio, oh my god, hurry up! We're gonna die! Everybody, panic! <laughs> Mass panic. According to Radio Lab, they're gonna probe your butts. There's nothing you could do about probe it. Probe your butts. And you just see dads like fucking yep. killing family members. I dare you. Ain't nobody taking out my family but me, John List. <laughs> <laughs> now, according to Radio Lab, 12 million people were listening when the War of the Worlds came on the air, and about one in every 12 listeners thought it was true, and about one million listeners ran out of their homes terrified there was also david berkowitz also known as son of sam this fucking the dog told me to do it he we're gonna cover him he's on the he's list a fucking looney tune bro he was incarcerated in the attica correctional facility in First upstate off, new york sam for real um he was incarcerated at the <laughs> attica correctional <laughs> facility in upstate new york in supermax prison when he predicted a murder Written off as just a made-up story, nobody listened to Berkowitz until his exact prediction played out. On the early morning of Halloween in 1981, while staying in their Manhattan home, 39-year-old Ronald Sisman and 20-year-old Elizabeth Platzman were beaten and shot to death. According to Reader's Digest, Berkowitz had described a cult carrying out this massacre and even described the exact apartment layout to a T. It is unclear if Berkowitz's prediction was merely a coincidence, and to this day, the murder remains unsolved. There's also Timothy O'Brien began snacking on his candy after a night of trick-or-treating in Deer Park, Texas of 1976. However, his candy had been poisoned and O'Brien ended up passing away. To make the nightmare even worse, it was his own father who poisoned him seeing it as the perfect opportunity to cash in on his son's life insurance. Never, never toil and trouble. Poison apples. <laughs> Poison apples. Then, in 1963, a deathly incident occurred at Holiday on Ice, which was an ice skating performance at the Indiana State Fairground Coliseum in Indianapolis. Not long after 11 p.m. on October 31st of 1963, Skaters were completing their final routine of the night, and gas had been leaking from a concession area, causing an explosion. 
Flooring caved in, creating a massive crater. The accident led to 74 deaths and left 400 people injured. Indianapolis State our Indianapolis Star reporter Richard Roberts reported the events of the night and described the tra- tragic aftermath as a horrific scene, writing, quote, You walked into a nightmare. That was the worst thing that I have seen since combat in World War II. Mm, that's pretty bad. Let's not also forget old Benito Mussolini becoming the youngest prime minister in Italy on October 31st of 1922, which was the paving way for that fucker to go to ham. And Gandhi was also assassinated on Halloween of 1984. There's a, not to go off subject, but there is a uh, lesser known history on Gandhi because uh, it wasn't too long ago, but came out on him how he was like, <laughs> he was kind of a womanizer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that being said. So if that's all that we have for the interesting things that we have found throughout history, then... Let's get into our surprise for the guys. <laughs> so something that I used to do when it was just little me before Papa Bear decided to come on and join me is if I had extra time, I would read from the before couple. Before I decided to come and ruin the whole thing. You didn't ruin it. We're having fun. And I, I honestly, like, for real, I would not be where I am without you today. Oh, thank you. So, and this has been 10 times more fun with somebody along on the journey, too. But I just, for real, man, like, I couldn't do this without you, and I love you, and just because your family doesn't mean I have to do stuff with you, but I like doing it with you. So, thanks, dude. But anyways, let's get into our surprise for the guys now. So, with that, I used to do these magazine readings from the spooky magazines that I had. I've definitely collected more since then, and we're going to do a couple readings for you guys. I found this one. So, Papa Bear already picked his magazine. Which one did you pick? Ghost, the truth behind the legends and lore. So go ahead and flip, close your eyes and flip and stop. Done. All right. Phantoms or fantasy? You're in an abandoned house, only able to see a few feet in front of your flashlight beam. The floor creaks, and in the dark, something across the room seems to move. You freeze in fear as a cold sensation ripples up your spine. Was what you saw just dust filtering through the moonlight? You wonder? Your imagination or a supernatural being passing through the room? If you're convinced you've shared space with a ghost, you're not alone. One in five Americans believe they've personally encountered one. According to a survey from analytics company YouGov, in a number of instances through the experiences people perceive to be paranormal activity may actually be caused by rather mundane real-world factors, according to Sharon Hill, author of Scientifical... Why would they scientifical? It's not even a word. Okay, well, we're just making shit up now. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Scientifical Americans. The culture of amateur paranormal research. Oh, amateur paranormal research. So cold in here, bro. There's a spirit. I've been taken over by a spirit, bro. So cold. So cold. So cold. (laughs) My nipples are hard, bro. It must be a spirit, bro. Feel my nipples. Oh, bro, they're so hard. (laughs) What's that ghost in here? Oh, that ghost is a molester. Uh... There's a lot of situations where people are dealing with electrical plumbing foundation problems in the house, Hill says. Their neighbors making noise. It could be so many different things. For many people, observation plays a large role in ghost sightings, which doesn't necessarily equate to solid confirmation that the afterlife exists. All the evidence they're getting is so subjective, Hill says. 
were terribly scientific instruments. <laughs> terribly scientific. We are scientific. <laughs> that why we have to use all sorts of control and real experiences because we're biased. Now let's get into simplifying sensations. In otherworldly scenarios, your mind may literally play tricks on you, and biological <laughs> processes can be a contributing dynamic. Humans, for instance, don't see particularly well in the dark. We are not cats. <laughs> <laughs> in low lighting, we rely on an area of the eye that provides less precise vision. And Im images tend to have less clarity. Well, no shit. Mm. You don't fucking... You don't say. He might as well be like, when it's dark, you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Socrates. Socrates. Uh. <laughs> uh. We rely on an area of the eye that provides less precise vision, and images tend to have less clarity. We can primarily make out grayscale lines, edges, and shapes, says James Girondio. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Girondo, PhD, professor of neurology and biochemistry at Georgetown University Medical Center. While that alone can be a recipe for visually misinterpreting objects, turn the page. <laughs> Humans also have a tendency to try to make sense of unusual situations. Well done, sir. Thank you. All right. So, and I picked Old Trusty Rusty, the world's most haunted places, creepy, ghostly, and notorious spots. Ready? I'm ready. Ooh, paranormal Ooh, Paris. Paranormal nice. Paris. Paris is an old city. They have a lot of the catacombs under there. They're they filled do. with bullets. Look, yeah, look. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. On July 14th, 1931, as Paris celebrated Bastille Day, Princess Anna... Obolensky, Obolensky, Trubetskoy, Trubetskoy, sure. Nailed it. Okay, Princess Anna fell almost a thousand feet from the third platform of the Eiffel Tower. She had recently gotten married and seemed in good spirits. Surely it was an accident. But letters later found in her purse proved she had killed herself. One of the hundreds of people who have jumped from the Iron Lady since it was billed in 1889. The princess is now said to be among the many souls who haunt France's national symbol. No matter where you look, the City of Lights has a dark side. From spirits in the in the is it the Louvre? The Louvre. The Louvre, uh, which some have called the city's most haunted building, to the eerie catacombs and even nearby Vers Versailles. No, the orbs and ectoplasmic shades sometimes seen in the museum's medieval section are not, in fact, art install installations but perhaps the spirits of people who were once imprisoned there. One particularly well-known entity is the Little Red Ghost, reportedly seen by the likes of Catherine de, de Medici and Napoleon. <laughs> Plenty of spooky places figure in great works of French literature. Notre Dame Cathedral is known, as its, is known for its hunchback, and the opera has its phantom. But in real life, those structures are reportedly haunted by respectively robed figures with tall pointed hats and the ghost of a suicidal woman who roams the streets outside searching for her man who jilted her. There was a lot of murders in France. There's, they, like, obviously this picture is filled with skulls. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, France is very, very old. We should cover France and the catacombs and stuff. Yeah, that the catacombs would be cool. Would be cool. Uh, though the famously, Germany has them too. Yeah, they do. Uh, though the famously practical par Parisians... 
See Père Lachaise in all its gothic splendor. As nothing more or less than a cemetery, it is said to be haunted by Oscar Wilde, Marcel Proust, Jim Morrison, what? and a number of, shall we say, lesser mortals. Jim Morrison? He didn't even die in Paris. And that is the paranormal Paris, oui, oui. Ah, 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 Do we want ah. to read one more? Nah, that's all they Okay. Get. We'll save it for another one. So, with all of that, that concludes our episode on the history of Halloween, you guys. Um, nice lighter episode. I nice it. lighter episode. But... Palette cleanser. We do need to pick our next episode for next week. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh. We did get a topic request. Mm-hmm. We could do that topic request, mm-hmm. but it would be a super heavy hitter right before the live event, too. Is it a two-parter? No, I could do it in one. Okay. Do it? Yeah, fuck it. Okay, so we did get a topic request um, from one of our Patreons, Miss Jerry. Or Mom, because I got a text message saying I can't call her Jerry. I got to call her Mom. It's Aunt Jerry. (laughs) So, um, and she requested Colleen Stan, The Girl in the Box, which is a very, very intense case. It's fucked up. It's one of the... It's so fucked up. It's going to be the first of this type of cases that we've covered, guys. So I'm going to start right now. Sexual assaults, kidnapping, brainwashing, torture, a lot, a lot of really heavy hitting stuff. So if you guys want to skip that episode, by all means, we understand. But for our super creepy creeps... Get ready for Colleen Stan, the girl in the box, coming up. With that, also remember, we do have our live event on October 22nd at 8 p.m. on Facebook. It is on our public page, which is Case of the Creeps podcast. Make sure that you guys do join our group, uh, which is COTC group on Facebook. And also follow us on Instagram, which is Case of the Creeps podcast. Make sure you're sending your chili recipes so that we can keep doing our chili crawler episodes for you guys. We talked about maybe doing our next one. Because we, we really seem to like to do the reviews. Yeah. I think we should kind of keep it as reviews for Chili Crawlers. <clears throat> and we could do another we could do another Halloween movie. Yeah. For the next one. Before that Halloween be ends, good. we'll do another episode. Yes, like because we do have a pumpkin chili that is perfect that we did get submitted. Perfect. We'll do it. Okay. So we'll do that for you guys and we'll pick a Halloween movie. But I think we should We should do it. Halloween. We should do Halloween. We should do Halloween. Okay. With the new one coming out. Yeah. So we'll it's perfect. Halloween. So we'll do that. We'll have that ready for you guys. Um, also don't forget, you can send your chili recipes to caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. You can send any fan art, any of your reviews, thoughts, stories of your own, topic requests, all of that. Send Big it to the erotica. Guys, we want to hear from you. We have so many followers now and we want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. As, and I, I've been noticing lately that there's a lot more, uh, activity on like the likes and the yeah. comments for our for the page so that's cool it's really cool we love interacting and we with get a, you guys. we get a lot of views but we don't get as much uh interaction and i'd fucking love to see pictures posted stories yes. i want to hear a ghost and i don't give a fuck it was like hey my dog had diarrhea we but. would just want to hear from you guys <laughs> let us know that you're real people and i'll tell you stories about how i had diarrhea there's tons so <sighs> we want to hear from you guys we want to we want to <laughs> talk to you we'll even talk to you about poop yep. so especially poop just send us send us your love and we will send you our love back, not in the form of feet or butthole pictures. So 
Telling you, I'm gonna start an OnlyFans. <laughs> also, join our. <laughs> you can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Case of the Creeps and join all of the bonus material that we have going out for you guys. Stickers and shirts are coming as well. They'll be here very very soon. I'm so excited. I'm stoked for it. Uh, other than that, I think that's all the business. We hope you guys have enjoyed this dump that we've done for you with these past three episodes all dropping at the same time and. Until next time, we hope you creeps keep it creepy. I'm Katie. I'm a shell of a human being. (laughs) I'm I'm your dance monkey. (laughs) I'm your dance monkey. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.